My name is Eli Fournier, and uh, Jay, who's on keys, that's my younger brother, and Oshi, who was singing Reckless Love, that's my beautiful wife, and we've been married for 10 years. We have two awesome kids, and uh, yeah, amen for love. And just real quick, um, Shireen is on this side. She was singing uh, In the River. She has awesome, awesome vocals, and then on bass is our good friend Moy. In the band, we call him Dad. He's just Dad in the band. And then uh, the guy that's playing drums, his name's Chunks. Um, we still don't know his real name, but we call him Chunks. You can call him Chunks. And then, and then, and then the cute one in, on this side over here, that's Hector. And uh, he, he just has the best hair in the band, and, and we, we don't like him for that. Uh, but we're so, so excited that we had the opportunity uh, to get to hang out with you guys tonight. And so, sort of double duties. I hope you don't get annoyed by my voice. That's why I tried not to sing a lot. So that by the time I preach, you're like, man, this guy was singing forever, and now he's talking. Uh, but we're going to keep it short and sweet. You know, one of, the, one of the things that I get really excited about is, in a practical way, talking about just our purpose and just what God is doing in our lives, but also what he wants to do through our lives. And he wants to use everyday people like you and I. So I get really excited about that because I don't have a lot of skills. I don't have a lot of qualities. I, I, don't, I don't have a lot of good things. I don't have green eyes. And yet God would choose to use someone like me. So I'm amazed by that. Like it's, it, it, it just, it's just crazy to me. And so I believe that here tonight, there's so many of you that God is just ready to do so much more in and through your life. And so to make it fun, I have titled this message and I've titled it this, The Envy Effect of Instagram. The envy effect of Instagram. Now, this is not a anti-social media sermon, okay? I promise you. But I just want you to think about that. The envy effect of Instagram. Or if I can give it another title, it would be uh, distracted by comparisons. Distracted by comparisons. Uh, if you have your smartphone or a Bible or something, uh, I'm going to read Psalms 139, verses 13 through 15. Psalms 139, verses 13 through 15. I'm reading the NIV version, Psalms 139. It says, for you created my inmost being. You knit me together in my mother's womb. I praise you because I am fearfully and wonderfully made. Your works are wonderful. I know that full well. My frame was not hidden from you when I was made in the secret place, when I was knit together in the depths of the earth. You know, this is, these verses are probably one of my favorite verses to read. I can just see so much purpose and, and meaning here. I think that, especially in the times that we're living, many people believe their value is based on their accomplishments. Like, your worth and your value is based on what you did, what you do. And I think in a way that's a bit distorted. Because the minute that we give our life to Jesus Christ, I think our value just goes to another level because it's based on what Jesus accomplished. Last week, we celebrated Easter. We celebrated the resurrection of Jesus Christ. But Jesus didn't end his mission or his work on the cross. It continues every day through the process of transformation. And there's value and there's worth there that you and I carry. You know, recently I was having this conversation 
A friend of mine went up to me and said, man, I gave up Facebook for about a week. And I, and I, I, I kind of like my friends a little better right now. All right. I had another friend tell me, hey, you know what? I, I stopped. I stopped going on Pinterest because I was really hating my home for a while. Okay. Another friend asked me and said, hey, what do you think about Instagram? I'm like, I, I have Instagram. I love Instagram. He was like, you know what? I, I gave up Instagram and like me and my friend, we like each other so much more now. It's weird. I think that there's something happening with our generation. I think we're too busy comparing ourselves to others. And we fall in that trap a lot through social media. It becomes this monster of comparison and envy. And so we're distracted by comparing ourselves instead of focusing on what, what we're doing and what we're doing that works and what we're doing that's right. I mean, you being here tonight, this is great, this is good. But I think so many times we fall in this trap. I mean, you don't have to raise your hand. I, I don't know if you do this, but do sometimes when you wake up in the morning is like the first thing you do is like you check your feed, right? And you're like, oh my goodness, like it's been two days and he has not liked my picture. Heck no. <laughs> right? Like we, we go on social media and, and so we're, we're living for this heart. We're living for this red heart. And if we don't get that heart, if we don't get that like, if we don't get these many followers, it's about to go down. And so we, we live this life of comparison. Now, if I can give you a big idea tonight, it would be this. God can use anyone, but he chooses to use you. Let me say that again. God can use anyone, but he chooses to use you. I think that's important for us tonight. Because your purpose is greater than your past. See, the other issue is that not only do we waste so much time comparing ourselves with others, and we think like, oh man, well, well she got this and he got that. Well, I need to get this and, and, and I need to do this. And oh, he got these many thousand followers. Well, I'm about to get these many thousand followers because it's a comparison game. I like your sweater, by the way. I, I want it. Uh, see, there, comparison. I really like your sweater though. But we fall in this trap and we also think, well, well, okay, I hear you, Eli, man. I know what you're preaching, purpose, all that, but, but you don't know my life. Like I have a past, like I have my mess. I, I've gone through my stuff. Your purpose is greater than your past. Your purpose is greater than your past. There's something special in you. I'm a PK. Mom and dad were missionaries. Mom is still a pastor in a Spanish church in Wilmington. I grew up in church. All I've known is church, like seriously. All I remember my first memories were church. Sometimes I would ask my parents like, hey, I feel like I was born in church. Was I conceived in church? I won't even go there. Uh, <laughs> I feel like all I've known is church, but growing up, I went through my stages where I, I, just, I just didn't feel like I could relate to this. I didn't feel like God could use someone like me. I, I didn't feel like I had a lot of skills. I, I really wasn't a talkative person. I'm more of an introvert, believe it or not. I'm a pretty shy person. And I thought, I, how can God use someone like me? I just wanted to just be in my room, play guitar, write a few songs, somehow send them somewhere and get lots of checks, like millions of dollars with never having to play anywhere. Like that was my dream of a rock star. 
and I'm 15 years old and I'm trying to figure myself out and I'm thinking like, how can God use someone like me? I just don't see it. I would see some of my friends and man, they would be all into God and they would know all these Bible verses and the only one I knew was Jesus wept. Like that's it, like I'm serious. Like if I had to go preach to somebody, I would have to say, hey man, the Bible says Jesus wept. That means he, he really loves you, man. He's not afraid to cry, so cry. I didn't know that many Bible verses, but I was a PK. I grew up in church. I'm 15 years old. I'm in high school. You know, high school is, is a lot about comparison. It's a lot about comparing one another. It's a lot about, okay, what do you have? What do I have? And I, I remember I was going through that. And in ninth grade, I had this class, and it was health class. And when you take health class, you know, the thing about health class in my high school is that all ninth graders had to go through this. And every once in a while, you would get some seniors that either didn't pass it earlier on, but they needed to graduate, so we would have them. And so in my high school, uh, there was like these three girls that were like the prettiest girls in the school. And one of them ended up in the class, right? And I had the biggest crush on her. Her name was Marilyn. And I just had the biggest crush on Marilyn. Marilyn was those girls that when you would see, it, would be like, hey, hey, never. Right? And so I had the big crush on this girl, Marilyn, and she was in my health class. And she would sit like on like the first chair right by the door. And I would sit all the way in the back, you know, classic PK, amen. And I would be all the way in the back with my friends just goofing off. But, but I would always just think and be, I wasn't stalking. I would just kind of look that direction. And I would think, Man, what, what if she could be my girlfriend? My life would change. My life would be different. And I would picture like myself walking, you know, through the halls of the school. I, I could hear the BG song, boom, 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 right? And holding Marilyn and just walking in and everyone like, hey, what's up, man? Hey, hey, how you doing? Hey. Yeah, yeah, that's right. And uh, that was my idea of making it. And so this one day, she was already in class, and, and I'm walking in, I got my backpack, and every day I'd say, I'm going to say hi today. I'm going to say hi today. And I'd walk in, and I'd be like, ah, can't do it. I'm too shy. But this one day, Marilyn was already on her seat, and I get close, and I'm like, ah, no, I can't do it. And then she says, hey, Eli. And I was like, hey. This is a true story. This is a true story. This, this is what came out of my mouth. Hey. That, that really happened. And I, and I walked all the way to the back, and my friend's looking at me like, what are you doing? And I'm like, oh my gosh, like a, a sound came out of my mouth. It's, I'm done, it's over. Like that was probably my only chance. I blew it. And I'm sitting there and I'm frustrated and I keep, I'm not stalking her, I just kept looking at th that way, you know, by the door where she was. And I noticed that she's writing something and, you know, uh, back, back in my day, I'm 34, back in my day, uh, uh, you know, you'd be in class and they write a little note and they put it on in a little square, you know, get some perfume and I'm just kidding. Uh, and I saw her writing something and she put it in a little square and, and she turns around and she tells the kid like, hey, like pass it back. And I'm, you know, obviously I'm, I'm not stalking, I'm just looking that way and I'm like, what, she wrote something? And, and then I see the guy like look at me like confused, like him? And I'm like, bro, don't hate, don't hate, bro. And she's like, yeah, 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 him. 
And so the guy's like, all right. And he passes the note to this girl and she passes it. My friend's looking at me and I'm like, dude, that note's for you. And I'm like, yes, she wrote it. <gasps> she's, she's writing me a note. This is it. It's over. Game over. I've locked it down. I'm in ninth grade. I'm going to date a senior. I made it. The note gets to me. My friend's like, oh my goodness, this is crazy. I'm like, I know, my gosh. And I open the note and it says, hey Eli, I know you don't know me. This might seem a bit weird, but I... I really need to talk to you after class. Boom, 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 right? I'm like, okay. She goes, can you talk to me after class? Yes, no, right? Yes. <laughs> I send the note back. My friend's like, dude, she wants to hook up with you. You're going to be the first ninth grader at our school with a senior girlfriend. I'm like, oh my gosh, I, I don't even know how to kiss, but God is good, amen? <laughs> Do you have gum? No, I don't. Oh my goodness, what am I gonna do? In the movies, I notice that when they kiss, they do something with their, like they, like, like I was, I, I mean, I was a good kid, seriously. And I thought, I made it, this is it. The next 39 minutes were the longest 39 minutes of my life. I couldn't wait for class to be over. The next period was lunch. I just noticed that the bell rings, you know, she gets up, she gets her backpack, she goes outside. My friend's like, dude, you better go, you better go after your girl. I'm like, no, nah, man, I'm going to let her wait a minute. One, two. All right, I'm going to see you later, though. I'm going to go talk to her. I go outside. I got my little backpack, you know, just typical ninth grader. And I go outside. I got my backpack. I'm like, you know, I had seen a lot of LO Cool J videos. You may not even know who that is, but he used to do this thing with his lips, and I, and I thought it was cool, so I was like, hey, what's up? Uh, what's up, girl? You know, it's like so lame. And... She goes, hey, I really want to talk to you, but, but can, can we just talk a little further just down? I just don't want nobody to hear. And I'm like, oh, my goodness. Like, this is how it happens in the movies. My life's about to change. This is my purpose in life right here, this moment. And I'm like, yeah, yeah, for sure. Super nervous, right? Legs are shaking. And, and we walk, and there was these new bungalows that the school had. And so, you know, everyone's kind of walking the, the opposite direction, and it's, it's, there's not that many people there. And so... You know, I'm standing next to her, and I'm thinking, like, this is it. We're going to kiss right now, and I'm just going to go for it. And, you know, in the movies, like, like you know, or, like, shows that, that I like, like Saved by the Bell, you know, you, you just got to close your eyes and just got to go in. And so I started, this is what I did. Like, I just started going. And then I hear this. Oh, no. And I'm like, no, uh, no, 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 no. No, I'm just, I'm stretching, girl. I'm stretching. And she goes, hey, I, I want to talk to you. True story. She goes, this is going to sound so crazy, but I feel like I need to tell someone. And for some reason, every time I see you walk into class, you always have like this peaceful face. Those were the words she used. Peaceful face. She didn't say good looking face. She didn't say handsome face. She didn't say poppy chulo face. She said peaceful face. Right? And I'm like, okay. She goes, I, and this is where it just flipped. She goes, if I don't tell you this, or if I don't just tell someone, I, I just feel like I'm going to kill myself if I don't do this. Like, this is not how it happens in the movies. 
And my composure changed, and I'm like, oh, hey, well, uh, what's up? What's going on? And this is where everything changed. Uh, she begins to tell me, hey, uh, without being too specific or graphic here tonight, she says, you know, I've been abused since I was four years old by my dad. My mom's a drug addict. She doesn't want to do, she doesn't want, she doesn't believe me. But this past week, I found out that he was doing the same thing to my younger sister, who's four now. And I don't know what to do. And so, I think I just want to end my life. Like, like what do you do in that moment? I'm thinking, this is a Sag Morris moment right here. Like, life is about to change for me. I'm gonna be the first ninth grader with a senior girlfriend. And she drops this bomb. I don't know what to do. I'm thinking like, no, I'm not that guy. My mom's a counselor, my mom's a preacher, my mom's a pastor. You need her, like, can we call my mom right now? I'm not that person. I, I'm still struggling even with my own faith. Like, like, don't put this on me. I didn't say that. I was just thinking it. She begins to, you know, to cry. And in that moment, all I could think of doing, all I remember doing was saying, hey, don't do it. We're going to help you. Don't, don't do it. Don't do it. And then I said this, Jesus loves you. Jesus loves you. She looks up and she goes, oh, you're one of them? And I'm like, I guess. I don't know what that means, but yes, I'm one of them. But Jesus loves you. You're not going to do anything to yourself. We're going to help you. I remember grabbing her by the hand and walking with her and saying, here, we're going to go talk to my counselor right now, and we're going to fix this. And I'm going to help you. You're going to be brave. And I grabbed her hand. I didn't know what else to do. I remember grabbing her hand and we're walking like literally during lunch through the middle of the field where everyone hangs out for lunch. And I, and I could see like all my friends are like looking at me, grab, you know, holding this girl's hands and walking with her. And all my friends are like, yeah, woo. And I'm like, shh, stop it, stop it, shh, shh, stop that, right? And I grab her hand and I take her all the way to my counselor and I say, Dr. D, we, we need to talk. We need to talk, Marilyn needs help. We need to help her right now. And in that moment, she began to share and you know, the, the authorities got involved and people got involved. And long story short, you know, they removed her and her sister with, with healthy family, safe family in Nevada. And we never heard from her again. You know, a few years later passed, and I remember being in Bible college, and this is like 05, maybe 06, and this is where like MySpace was like, some of you don't even know what MySpace is, good, amen. Uh, and if you have a MySpace, I will pray for you right now. Uh, but this is where MySpace was like, like really blowing up, and, and I had one, and, and I get this message, and, it's, and it says Marilyn, and I'm like, what? And, and I read it. And it says, hey, it's been a long time. Not sure if you remember me, but I'm the girl that you helped. I just want to tell you that I'm doing good. 
I just want to tell you that I gave my life to Jesus. I just want to tell you, amen, amen, praise God. I just want to tell you that for the last few years, I've been working as a counselor, and I currently work at a high school where I help other young girls who have been abused. And she says, and I tell them the one thing I remember you saying. Jesus loves you. Like it was that simple. See, I'm not trying to be over emotional. It hits me because, because I was there. But when I read that, I just, I, I just lost it and I, I couldn't believe it. I remember writing back like, this is amazing. You won't even believe I'm in Bible college right now. I didn't even want to be in ministry. And you're doing ministry too. This is awesome. Like, continue to do what you're doing. And I haven't heard from her since, but I'm sure that she's doing amazing work. But I want to tell you something tonight. You know, that 15-year-old boy who thought, man, how can God use someone like me? I don't even know if, if I'm capable I was just too busy looking at other people and thinking, well, I got to look this way, or I got to dress this way, or I got to talk this way, or I got to know like more Bible verses than just Jesus wept. Like, I need to do this and I need to do that. How can God use someone like me? But could I tell you something? God is not looking for perfect people. He's looking for available people. Available like even you being here tonight is awesome, it's amazing. You could be anywhere else, but you made yourself available for him so that he would speak into your life. The fellowship, these are sort of like the churchy lingo words that we use, we say fellowship and gathering. But it's this atmosphere when we get together where you're around other young people we're all going through different stuff, but the fact that we can come together and we can praise Jesus, regardless of our circumstances and situations, regardless of all the things that we're carrying and things that we just want to give to God, that we would come together and know that we're not alone in this. You don't have to be perfect, but could you be available? You don't have to be perfect. You don't have to have all the, all, all, all the things, all, you know, the list and have everything checked off. You just have to be available. I want to share you real briefly just, just create, uh, three quick thoughts. Here's the first one. Say with me, my life. Yeah, it's okay. You can cooperate. You can, you can help me out. Say, my life needs no filters. Let's try that again. Say, my life needs no filters. You guys know how filters work, right? Yeah, we do, right? There's like apps above apps above apps about just with filters. Like we can never just take a picture and just be done with it. It's like I took the picture, like, hold on, though. Oh, mm, not that one. Uh, wait, wait, I'm almost done. Got to add some glitter. Right? That's, that's how we roll. What does this mean tonight for this message? My life needs no filters. Genesis chapter 1, verse 27. You don't have to go there. I'm just going to read it to you. 
So God created mankind in his own image. In the image of God, he created them. Male and female, he created them. We think, I think sometimes, we think that if, if the cost Jesus made for us, like the cost that he made for us, does it have... Does it carry the value into our lives? And I believe so. What do you mean by that? Meaning that he gave his life for your life, so now your life is worth so much more. Can I tell you something? Sometimes we, we, we see our lives and we're like, if I, if I just had this, if I just had that, if I had the right jacket, if I had the right person in my life, maybe I could accomplish all of these things. But could I tell you something? All you need is your availability. All you need is your heart. All you need is your willingness. And God will meet you. God will meet you right where you are. Moving on, number two, say with me, how many likes does it take? How many likes does it take? Your value is a reflection of who God is and what he did, not who we are or what we did. Your value comes from him. Romans chapter 12, verse 3 says, For by the grace given me, I say to every one of you, do not think of yourself more highly than you ought, but rather think of yourself with sober judgment in accordance with the faith God has distributed to each of you. You see, many people believe their value is based on their own accomplishments. And sometimes we, we distort that with what Jesus has already done in our lives. And finally, here's the third and last thing. Say with me, hashtag this. No limits. Let's try that again. Hashtag this. No limits. No limits. What does that mean? Rick Warren said once, we are products of our past, but we don't have to be prisoners of it. We are products of our past, but we don't have to be prisoners of it. This is where I'm going to get a little preachy real quick. Can you give me like 30 seconds so I can get a little preachy? Here we go. Check this out. This is the Bible. Moses was not a great speaker. Jonah ran from God. Jacob was a liar. Rahab, who helped the men in Jericho, was a prostitute. David had an affair. Jeremiah was always depressed. Timothy was too young. Abraham was too old. And Lazarus was dead. And God used each and every one of these people. Come on, if God can use a dead man, you don't think he can use you? Next time you're like, I don't know, God. I just don't know if I have it all together. Man, he used Lazarus. Timothy was too young. Abraham was too old. The prophet Jeremiah was always depressed, but God used them and their imperfections because they were willing to be available. Are you willing to be available? I want to end with this thought. You are a product of your past, but you don't have to be a prisoner of it. God wants to use you right there where you are, and he will meet you right there where you are. 
And just like me, when I was 15 years old, I would have never thought that in that moment, God would use me in the most simplest way. All I said was, Jesus loves you. Jesus loves you. Jesus loves you. Maybe there's people in your life right now who you don't even know are stretching their arm. They're stretching their hand out. They're seeing how you live your life. They're seeing where you're hanging out Sunday nights and are wondering, man, will they ever invite me? Will they ever really tell me about their relationship with their God and their Jesus? Because you'd be surprised how many people in this world are so broken and are hurting so much. And they're looking for something that's real. And I can tell you from the bottom of my heart, the minute I gave my life to Jesus Christ, I've never looked back. There's the most real experience that I've ever had and that continues to shape the man that I am. I can't be a great husband. I can't be a great father. For sure can't be a great musician on my own, less a speaker. But by his grace and his love, if I would just go after him, he will shape the man that he's calling me to be. I want to pray for you. If you feel comfortable, would you stand with me? And you don't have to do this. It's totally cool. But if you feel comfortable doing it, would, would you just extend your hands in a, in a form of reception? I want to bless you tonight. Truly, truly an honor for me to hang out with you guys tonight. And if there's anything that you could remember from this message, don't just remember the story, but remember that God can use anyone, but he chooses to use you. Father, we lift up your name, which is above all names. Jesus, we thank you for your unconditional love and your grace and your mercy. And we pray tonight for this setting, this group, these people, your people, our friends, our guests tonight. God, that you would speak into their hearts as they continue to maneuver through life to be the men and women that you're calling them to be, forming them through experiences, forming them by their relationships, their church, their ministries. And so I pray now for each and every young person here tonight, they all have a voice. You all have a voice. I pray for each and every young person tonight, they all have a story. You all have a story. And I pray that that story, as you're writing it even now, God, you would use it for your glory. That it would reach those who are lost and broken. And that tonight we would be reminded that God can use anyone but he chooses to use you. In Jesus' name, I pray. Amen.